welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, Southstand chum, super sub, the Jonathan Tahue of the podcast, the balding, balded legend, Mr. Graham Levy. Oi, oi. It's <laughs> Graham here, as you know. Um, I'm stepping in for Paul. Um, I've been Orient fan for 25 years now. Um, I'm at Schmishmorsham on Twitter. Please do to follow me. I'll, uh, I'll also follow you back. Um, I love the club as much as you all do and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast with myself and Steve so Graham has been on the podcast twice before so making his hat-trick appearance uh, due to the absence of Mr Levy that we will come on to very shortly but as always we'll start with an update from the supporters club so to start with a massive well done to the 200 plus O supporters who went to the SOM trip over the weekend from the first day 21st of June to Sunday 24th of June to pay their respects to the three Clapton Orient footballers who were killed during the Battle of the Somme back in 1916. William Jonas, Richard McFadden and George Scott and as well as visiting the resting places of the O's Fallen, a number of special events were arranged by organiser Steve Jenkins who's previously been on the podcast to talk about these trips and they sound like amazing trip so hopefully one day we get to go out there so well done to everyone mm. and a special mention must go to Steve as well yep. as Peter, Peter Kitchen and Alan Comfort for also making the journey across as we hope you all had a great time and well done to everyone who made that journey yeah exactly well done indeed and uh, no surprise but the first trip of the season is finally here thank god um, <laughs> uh, and the coaches to Salford will be leaving Brisbane Road for our first opening National League fixture at 6.30am for the 12.30am kickoff on Saturday the 4th of August which I can't believe is now next Saturday um, the cost of this one off special fare is £25 for all categories including the members yep so this is followed by the second trip of the season to Maidstone on Tuesday the 14th of August so coaches will be leaving Brisbane Road for this one at 4.30pm for a 7.45pm kickoff, and the cost of this one is £23 for adults and £20 for concessions and there's a £3 surcharge to non-members for this and please note the prices for both trips do not include a match day ticket and you can book these trips by calling the travel line on 07722 or in the supporters club on any match day so if you go and have a great journey sing as loud as you can and hopefully sing the boys on to victory in their opening away games in the National League this season. Yes, I hope so, Steve. Um, well, speaking of things, uh, the next quiz night at the Supporters Club has been confirmed for Sunday the 2nd September. With a 6pm start, the doors open at 5pm. There are teams up to eight players are welcome with a cost of £8 per head, which also includes food. Uh, to book your place for the quiz, check out the pin tweet on at Gorilla's 1985 Twitter profile, or you can email lmmotherdfordelta85 at hotmail.co.uk, or you can book in the supporters club by speaking to Lee or David. Amazing. Very well done there. Very good there, Greg. Oh, thank you very much, Danny. This podcast stuff is easy. Easy. Hello, so, Trust updates. Thanks to Howard and Neil and everyone at the Trust for providing the following update. So it starts by saying the Trust were happy to support the Walthamstow Garden Party on Sunday, the 15th of July, and staff went along with an inflatable five-side pitch, whilst the open day at the Bray Group Stadium was well supported with over 300 in attendance. Wowee, indeed. Um, by the way, passing the ticket office in Oliver Road, there's a new poster showcasing the players' work in the community for last season is now on display on the adjoining wall. Um, there are football and multi-sports activities going on in the score centre throughout the summer. Uh, if you want more information, please call 0208 556 5973. Nice number. 
Thank you, it is. Let's, it? let's have it again. So if you want to book, Graham yeah. is going to give you the number. I'm going to tell you more. again. I hope you've been listening. Uh, it's uh, 0208 556 Brilliant. So uh, that's the trust update. So now leading on to an AOB and the first point, we are delighted to tell you. Well, essentially, if you're listening, we kind of mentioned him at the beginning, but the bearded legend is not in Orient Outlook podcast towers this evening. That's because last Sunday, 22nd of July, while the Orient Open Day was going on, Paul's wife, Zoe, gave birth to a beautiful baby boy who they have named... Theo, Theo, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Levy, Mrs. Levy, many congratulations on your newborn. Beautiful baby boy. Uh, both baby and mum are doing well and we cannot wait to take Theo into that south stand in about two weeks' time to get him there for his first Orient game. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Why not? Why, 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 let's go for it. So, yes, uh, another new arrival to table, actually, as uh, Dean Cox, uh, Dino, uh, became a father on Saturday, the 28th of July, which is also yesterday, uh, with the arrival of I Am My Cox. And congratulations to Lisa and Dean for that. Yeah, so welcome, congrats there to Dino uh, and Louisa on the birth of their newborn. Um, and the next point, we were saddened to hear with the passing of Arthur Bob Harris, who was born in Bethnal Green in 1928. He was a lifelong O's Clapton, later on supporter. So obviously we send our condolences to the Harris family, absolutely, and Bob's friends. R.I.P. Bob. Yeah, and um, and also um, I wanted to thank uh, Sir Stephen Peter Smith for the following email he sent in, uh, he, and he said, uh, "Just finished listening to the latest Outlook podcast, as you should, and I've really, really enjoyed it." Uh, I'm sure I've said it before, but the last time we had this little turnover of players was the last Wembley season under Russell. Continuity at this level is worth an awful lot. Good point. Uh, getting off to a good start, and he puts in brackets, which I think continually supports, in this league is even more important than in the Football League, bearing in mind how many games we'll play in August. Having a decent set of pre-season will be critical. Looking forward to season kicking off soon. Up the O's, Steve. So thank you there to Steve for your email. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We are on Twitter at Orient Outlook. We're on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and we're on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. So you can contact us in numerous ways or if you see us in the South Stand, E42 and 41, come and sit down, say hello and we'll have a lovely chat about the Orient. So that was all normal introductions now. So moving on to the month that was. So our last podcast was on, I think, Monday the 2nd of July, which was episode 144. This is currently 145. And we'll start off by saying on Tuesday, the 3rd of July, the club announced that they had now sold over 3,400 season tickets. Incredible. Incredible, as the French say. Absolutely, as Matty Baudry and Romain Vincelove, <laughs> one time Orient fame, would say. Um, yeah, and uh, on the uh, Wednesday, the 4th of July, um, at 1 o'clock, the National League fixtures were revealed. Um, and here are a few key dates for your diaries, so pens at the ready. Um, we kick off the season, uh, as you should know by now, um, at Salford City, which will be on live on BT Sport as well, with lunchtime kickoff. so make sure you've got your sandwiches ready, all prepared. Um, our first home game is on Tuesday the 7th, uh, versus uh, Ebbsfleet United. That's uh, got to be one that Edward Adams will be dreading. Had it been, I think, later in the season, he might have got away with a bit more stick, but it's the first home game. It's still raw. He's going to get absolutely pounded yeah. by the Orient Faithful at the Bray Group Stadium. And For I th- me, I think he always done well. I'm, I'm not one of those who boo his ex-players, or very rarely will boo an ex-player, but I don't think he'll get a good reception. I think the question is, would it be Ebu Adams? Would it be Ebu Adams? That is the question there, Steve. Nicely done, mate. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. And over Christmas and New Year, we have Dagenham and Redbridge away, as per last year, so we're playing them on Boxing Day and at home 
on New Year's Day. And we end the season with another local derby at home to Braintree Town on Saturday the 27th of April. So all fixtures are available on the club's website. You can also download them on your phone uh, through the website. So if you've got well, basically any mobile phone that probably everyone who listens to this podcast has, go on the club website. I think there's a little click through to download the fixtures, mm. get them on your phone and make sure you never miss an Orient game again. Yes. As you shouldn't. Um, and on to the 7th of July, the club announced the season ticket sales are now reached 3,500. Outstanding, and I am standing right now. Absolutely. Um, so we also played our first friendly in pre-season away to Harlow Town of Seawood, ex-Orient midfielder Danny Chapman, manager. Remember Danny Chapman? I do indeed, actually. Mate, your, your memory is amazing. I knew you'd remember Danny <laughs> Chapman. So Danny is now obviously at uh, Harlow. And due to England's quarterfinal World Cup tie, this was an early kickoff. So this kicked off at half 11. And the match finished Harlow Town nil, Leighton Orient 7 with four goals. Yes, four goals from Josh Caroma, who went on to have an outstanding pre-season. And we'll come on to Josh in a little while. So four for Josh, uh, one for McCauley, as you'd expect, one for James Brophy and one for James Allaby, all grabbing a goal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, also just a uh, uh, post-match onto that one, um, Justin Edelberg confirmed that the former South United Academy goalkeeping coach, Reese Otley, has now been appointed a goalkeeping coach. So uh, good luck to you, Reese. Yeah, really looking forward to having Reese at the club. And obviously that frees up Dean to, fi- to focus on playing and not have to obviously coach Sam. Uh, and Charlie, so I wasn't at that game. I'm pretty sure you weren't at that game. No, I wasn't. spoke about it. Mr. Levy, the bearded legend, was actually at that game. Made a note saying the game was played in three times thirty minute halves, and James Allaby played well when he came on. He held the ball up well and brought others into play. That is very high praise indeed from Mr. Levy, who can be at times hard to please. So Paul was pleased, which makes us pleased, which should make everyone pleased. So that was Harlow uh, away. So Monday night for July, the squad flew out to Portugal for a week's training camp uh, and for the match against Benfica B and I'm still st- st- flabbergasted that we managed to play Benfica B great opposition and well done to whoever managed to, to get that one sorted because Benfica massive club of prestige yeah absolutely we were 4-1 down at one point and brought about 4 all, and they lost 5-4 in the last minute to a penalty so uh, you know well played it's a good workout for the boys so yeah. uh, absolutely well done we'll obviously come on to that very shortly Graham who's Obviously, rushing well ahead at points here. I just get too excited. But you can't blame me, can you, really? No, that's that's what the wife says as well, but don't worry about that. Worth. <laughs> so, yeah, on, to, yeah, on the Tuesday, 10th of July, um, a young Orient 11 went to Wellingbury United and were 5 2 winners with two goals from Hector Cabriano, two for Jaden Phillips, and one for Anti Papadopoulos. I got that right. Uh, scored the other with a great strike. Uh, what well on young O's? Yeah, so really good. And obviously, as the uh, first team are going away, the obviously the youth players have been playing under Lakeland Orient XI. So there's lots more to hear about from them up ahead in the podcast. But a great result then. And on Thursday, the 12th of July, a young Lakeland Orient again XI went to Holbridge and were 4 0 winners thanks to goals from Haxu, Hammond, McLennigan, and Ben Youssef. So again, lots of goals again and a clean sheet. So well done. To those young O's. Yeah, well done indeed. And uh, spookily on to Friday the 13th of July, it was announced that between the 30th of October and the 24th of November, uh, the Greater Game play uh, will be returning back. Um, this time I played with the Waterloo East Theatre, uh, the play written by Steve Jenkins and Peter Kitchen, will be directed by the award-winning director Adam Morley. Uh, we wanted to see his play when it was on last time and it was absolutely fantastic to so book your tickets go and see it absolutely yeah it was brilliant so really well put together a massive well done to Michael Head who wrote it and stars in the play 
and all those different casts this time. They got some real good cast members, most notably Beppe from EastEnders back in the day. If you remember Beppe, he's in it. Um, lots of other TV stars, great cast, but like Graham's alluded to, really great script, real moving piece of theatre. Uh, regardless of whether you're an Orient fan or not, definitely worth booking this one. So please, if you can, get down there and see it. And I'm sure Michael will be returning onto the Outlook podcast uh, near the time that the play um, goes into uh, production or when it gets viewed by the public. Yeah. So Saturday, 14th of July. Graham's already alluded to it, but we'll come on to it now. The O's were in pre-season action, and this time in Portugal playing Benfica B team. And we had a dream start. We took the lead in the first minute, uh, and James Allaby stepped up to take a penalty. Um, good penalty. I think he put it to the keeper's left. Mm. The keeper went the right way, but a really good penalty after Ross Tutorial was brought down by Benfica. Replied with two goals in the first half to give them a 2-1 lead at half-time, but I would have thought going into the break, Justin would have been quite okay with that considering the quality of opposition we were playing yeah absolutely I was all time, yeah and the second half kicked off Benfica got two very quick goals uh, and made it 4-1 so you, at this point you're thinking well game over now so let's see how you know how it works out in terms of fitness but David Mooney scored a sensational Mooney chip as only Dave Mooney knows how so a fantastic goal to make it 4-2 then James Brophy drilled a shot through the box to make it 4-3 and later on in the game we won a penalty and McCauley Bond this time stepped up to make it 4 all amazingly with just minutes left to play. But Benfica B were awarded a last-minute penalty um, that was converted as the final whistle went shortly after as Benfica B hung on to win 5-4 over the O. So a massive well done uh, to everyone uh, on the back of that match. And, you know, there were fans who went out there just for that match. Mm. Incredible support. And well done to every fan who made his way out there and we spoke to Nigel a couple of weeks after and obviously that's gone out as a separate podcast but Nigel said he thought that when you see those kind of games you're thinking oh we'll lose that 4-0 so to lose that 5-4 was a real testament to those players so I thought that was a real good result there yeah absolutely yeah no doubt about that cool uh, yeah on the Sunday the 5th of July we have a birthday announcement it was her birthday to late night director of football of course Mr Martin Links yeah happy birthday Mark happy birthday Martin yeah and then on Tuesday the 7th of July the O's travelled to East Thurrock for a less glamorous friendly. This time, were four and a winners though for a Macaulay Bond header, another David Mooney chip. So please, Moons, don't use all your chips in pre-season friendlies. That's two and two. So Mooney, <laughs> come on, mate. Josh Karama also got on the score sheet with his fifth pre-season goal, and then to finish things off, uh, it was an own goal for East Thurrock, following a good run from Joby McInerney who drilled it on the box. I think one of their players stuck a leg out. Yeah. Reflected past their keeper. So another good workout for the O's there. Good to see a clean sheet. And good to see four different goal scorers. So good result there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on to the uh, Wednesday the 18th of July, the club announced that season ticket sales had now reached 3,607. So again, amazing work to everyone that's, uh, that's renewed and then bought a season ticket. And also that same day, uh, we were in action as we beat Mills under 23s 4-0 in the behind closed doors friendly. With two goals from James Allaby, one for McEnough and one for Charlie, also getting a goal each. Yeah, really good to see Allaby as a new signing, getting involved, getting the goals. And good to see McEnough obviously chipping in. And good to see Charlie Lee as well. Yeah. Lots of different goal scorers, getting their confidence high. Mill under 23s would have been, I think, a more difficult game than that sounds. Yeah, on the back of it. So, real good result. And again, getting those players fit and making sure that when the season starts, we're ready uh, and in competitive action. So that wasn't the only action on that Thursdays in the evening. We were lucky enough to catch up with Orient Chairman Nigel Travis. We interviewed him. We got about 20 minutes with him. He was on his boat away on holiday, so he took the time out to speak to us and through 
the glorious kind of technology these days, when someone's on holiday, it doesn't mean you can't speak to them. You just phone someone and they answer. So Nigel, true. thank you for picking up the phone to us. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. helping arrange that. If you've not listened to it yet, it's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, and your Amazon Alexa as well. So if you've got an Amazon Alexa, you can just say, play your own Outlook podcast, and the most recent podcast will come up on there. So if you haven't listened to Nigel yet, get ready for the new season. Crack it on. 20 minutes worth of hearing our chairman speak about pre-season and it's a real good listen so make sure you listen to it if you haven't already yeah exactly and um, and next day on the 19th of July uh, the club confirmed that the academy player Sonny Perkins has been called up to a forthcoming under 15 England training camp at Loughborough University uh, the academy manager Lewis Spencer said the following um, this is a great piece of news Sonny has shown a great application throughout his time at the club and it's a pleasure to work with and we are pleased we can provide an environment where he can develop and progress so well done Sonny well done Sam like it, like it. Sonny Perkins, to be fair, is one who I've heard of uh, for the under-15s, but it just no. shows that the quality that the kind of club are bringing through, that one of our players, again, a National League club, is being selected for an England training camp. So amazing work they've done by all. And well done to Lewis Spence as well. And also in the day, the club announced that director of football, Martin Ling, assistant manager, Ross Embleton, chief scout, Steve Foster, physio, Keaton Patel, and Danny Webb, who is now the development coach, have all agreed new two-year contracts uh, and they all now reflect the length of Justin Edinburgh's contract. So Justin Edinburgh went on to tell the official website, it's a fantastic decision by the board to extend my team's contract. I came into the club open-minded, willing to work with everyone, and I hope and I have been absolutely blown away with their work ethic, their support and knowledge, and their vision, which we all have going forward, which is to be successful as one. And for me, you know, I think it's really good. I love this. It's all about stability and all about moving forward as a group and it's really good to see that everyone is now same level on the contracts no one's got to worry about them being out of contract earlier than anyone else Ross and Justin and Danny can all crack on Steve can crack on Keith and Patel can crack on amazing love it yeah absolutely and there's no doubt in anyone's mind this is a great decision I think everyone's happy with what everyone's doing overall and, and that's you said what we want that's the worst stability yeah. and consistency and uh, so this is fantastic so onwards and upwards yeah, absolutely agree with that and Kevin Cowlin Agrees with you, so we've got a tweet from Kev, who said, great decision by our board, and everything is pointing to a successful season. So we have our fingers more than crossed, double crossed, double crossed. So moving on in to Saturday, 21st of July, and a great start to the day as the club announced now 3,650 season tickets have been sold. Oh. Just 350 to go now to reach the magic 4,000 club target. So, I mean, 4,000 is the number that everyone's pushing. If we get 4,000, that'd be unbelievable. That'll be up on last year so mm. if you haven't renewed yet and you're listening to this and you're starting to get excited about the season come on get yourself down to ticket office or get online and book your season ticket tell them you're an Outlook podcast sent you no discounts but <laughs> just tell them you're an Outlook podcast sent you anyway yeah and, and buy and buy 10 and 20 at a time don't just buy one why not let's get that figure going absolutely absolutely and um, it's also it's, uh, time for another friendly actually as the O's travelled a very short distance down the wonderful A13 to Canvey Island to face Samuel's Conquer Rangers. Yes, um, we're in two minutes of that one. We found ourselves a goal down as recent Rangers signing Billy Knott, I think who they signed from Bradford City. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong there. Lob Dean Brill from 25 yards out. Took everyone by surprise. A cracking goal there. Fantastic. And then they went on to make it 2-0 uh, as they had a corner, poorly defended. And I think, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he rose to make it 2-0. But Bond got us back into the game, as Macaulay Bond does best. And 31 minutes, with he slotted past Besant to make it 2-1, which was a score going into half-time. 
Yeah, it was indeed, and uh, just 11 minutes into that second half, um, recorded Bond, doubled his tally, and he clears from Marjo's cross that Concord didn't clear, and it was game one at 2-2. Yeah, and then we took the lead late on in the game for the first time in the 83rd minute. Substitute Josh Caroma volleyed the ball in at the back post to score his sixth goal of pre-season and make it 3-2, which is how the game stayed until the final whistle. For me, that sounds like a good workout. Concord definitely gave us a scare in the opening 20 minutes by going two up. I think they were quite physical not is obviously a quality player, um, but we came through it. I think our fitness and quality told in the end, and we grabbed the win. Yeah, and that's what you can ask for at this stage, absolutely. Yeah, McCauley Bond, another two. Good to see Josh get another one. We weren't there, fortunately, but at Gorillaz 1985 was, and he tweeted us and said it was a better second half. It gave us a 3-2 win. Not sure about centre midfield, though. Both Lawless and Lee looked troubled today and will get exposed against better opposition. Mm. Happy and Big Marv played well. And good to see Bon and Karoma on the score sheet again. So central midfield, obviously, I think it's a point we're going to probably come on to later onto the podcast. Um, but thank you for your tweet there, Lee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Um, and speaking of tweets, uh, Seymour himself actually t- sent a tweet. He said, uh, there's a brilliant test today against a very good Atlanta inside, of course, who I think are going to be come very close this season. As uh, a standing crowd today, well over 600. Uh, a big thanks to everyone that came today. I hope you enjoyed ourselves and I thought we were as excellent throughout and it was very promising. Yeah, so well done to Sammy. Obviously, he's there now, obviously, after the season. Leverhead, he's taken a few XOs with it now. So Sean Plessy's there. Obviously, he's there. They just recently signed Aaron Pollock. Uh, yeah. And it won't surprise me if Sam Sargent ends up there or Granger on loan at some point. I think as he took Sargent to Leverhead last season and he took Satoru. So maybe we'll start to see an emerging relationship between, between the two clubs. And also at that point, as that game was going on, an Orient XI team made up of last year Academy Scholars and first year pros were also in action away to Welling United and were 5-3 victors thanks to goals from Hector Kiprianu, Amin Ben Youssef, Charles Claydon and a brace from Javion Phillips. And now those goals are on Twitter. Uh, if you get a spare five minutes, there's a highlights reel up. It's well worth watching some of these young kids we've got at the club. Outstanding. Mm. I guess you could argue it's only Welling United, but... Some of the skills they were doing, some of the finishing was really good to see. So, future looks really promising uh, for the youth academy. So, really good to see that. Yeah, absolutely indeed, Steve. And uh, and uh, following from that, the next day, uh, the club on the Sunday, twenty second July, the club held an open day with packed schedule of activities and events where fans could attend a Q and A. Martin Ling, Justin Libra, and James Allaby and Dale Gorm were also there. Uh, we could watch a training session, have a photo taken in the squad, and autograph session. Yeah, so lots to do. Really engaging day. It wasn't just a case of go and rock up and watch a training session and go no. home. You know, watch a training session, do a Q and A, meet players, get your stuff autographed. It was all nice touch there from uh, from the club. Janine Adelman uh, was there. Said very few questions at the Q and A session today. Perhaps it's because we are all happy with the way it's all going, and that the only questions we will be asking are those on the pitch, as any good manager seems to say in any interviews. Thank you uh, to Janine. We hope you and Dennis enjoyed the day out. And again, well done to the club for sorting this. I thought it was really good, really early on in the season. Um, it just goes to show how far the club has come over the last year in terms of developing that relationship and re-engaging those fans. And once you get a young kid in the ground, I think these days, I think they're going to be orient for life. Yeah. These days, not end up going to West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham. And I think Kent and Nigel and Martin and everyone's really aware of that. So, and Danny, so really good to see. Absolutely, yeah. I count myself in that. And um, obviously, Fiol, Fiol, Fiol Evi <laughs> was born, as we've alluded to, on that glorious, wonderful day. So exactly, so the long last sentence begins. Uh, <laughs> so uh, on to the next day, the 23rd of July. Well, having done the podcast now uh, for uh, four years running, we've seen some pretty mental stuff. 
Um, and just when you think you've seen it all, there's always something around the corner, and we weren't to be disappointed at all, were we, Steve? Absolutely not. So the club put out an appeal for a local O supporter who's able to walk their male dog around the pitch during mornings and late afternoons in the coming week, as the club have been having issues with foxes entering the playing surface at night, and it's thought that a dog's presence will help further pitch invasion. So this kind of tweet or this appeal for a male dog's kind of went viral, went national. It was a trending moment on Twitter. We ended up on Sky Sports News out of it. I think TalkSport covered it. I think oh. it was pretty much everywhere. Yeah, people going barking mad for it, Steve. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible. You're right. Great, great. You're too good for this podcast. <laughs> You're far too good for this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like like we said, you know, when you think things can't get any stranger, we've covered all like the bizarre, there's something just bizarre waiting around the corner. But it seems like that problem has probably gone now. So if you took a dog down to the Orient, well done and good on you. So that led into Tuesday the 24th of July, and it was the penultimate friendly of the season for the O's as the squad travelled to St Albans City. Yeah, they did indeed, and the O's got into the groove early in the game and were controlling the match, and it was no surprise in the 40th minute, uh, the man of the pre-season so far, Josh Caroma, gave the O's the lead around the keeper and slotting the ball home. Yeah, and then, uh, we seem to have decent pressure at this point, but then, however, mm. St Albans got back into the game with a penalty, I think it was in the 34th minute, which mm. Sam Merson scored, and despite the O's dominating for the rest of the match, we were unable to find the elusive winning goal. I think we had quite a few chances and we were really putting the pressure on, but we couldn't find a winning goal as the match finished one all. But again, another good workout uh, and good to see Josh obviously get another goal six in pre-season at this point. It's absolutely flying. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also on the same day, an, um, an Orient 11 a team made of last year Academy Scholars and first year pros were also in action away to Mildenhall. And they won the game 2-0 thanks to guys from Hector Cipriano and Jaden Phillips. Yeah, so again, that young Orient XI team, another clean sheet. Good, good, good win, good win there. So really good to see. So Wednesday, twenty fifth of July, happy birthday to the Leighton Orient Ginger Crew, better known as James Brophy, who is celebrating his twenty third birthday, and Matt Harold, who is celebrating his thirty fourth birthday. So happy birthday to James and Matt. We hope you had good evenings and good birthdays, but hopefully not too good because obviously you're in pre season training, fellas. So <laughs> calm down there. Absolutely. And uh, on next day, uh, the club announced had surpassed three thousand seven hundred season ticket sales. We're now just 150 away from last year's total and 300 of Kent and Nigel's target. Amazing work indeed. Yeah, it's getting there. That number is slowly, slowly creeping up to 4,000. So well done to everyone. Like we've already said, and later in the afternoon, the club announced that Joby McEnough will be the new club captain. He takes over from Charlie Lee, who is now the vice captain. So well done to both players mm. uh, on their appointments. For me, I think I called it in the last episode, I thought yeah. Joby would be named club captain, and he has and I'm chuffed for Joby, he's well deserved, he's got the right attitude. You know, he gets on really well with the senior pros, can influence them. And what a man for the younger players to look up to. And Justin's alluded consistently since his arrival how impressed he's been with Joby. Um, so for me, it was no surprise really. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Steve, and I think probably most people would, as, uh, as McAlassie is so influential, even when he was out of the team in games. Uh, even though they might not have missed him on the pitch, but it's just, it's just that his influence is knowing that he's even there. It improves the morale of the team so much and everyone respects him. I don't think it could have been anybody else. Yeah, it could have been Charlie Lee, uh, maybe one or two others, but McEnough, definitely the, uh, the right one for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think his character always comes across well. And obviously, the, his first spell at the club wasn't as anyone would have hoped it would have been. So good to see in this second spell, he's having a much better time. So we had a few tweets on the back of this. Uh, mm. At Ian Mane, Mane John, so someone who will demand respect and keep the standards high day in and day out. Yeah, we've done another one from at Len M4. 
Uh, no brainer if you ask me. Uh, Joby is the most professional player I've seen at Orient and a team will definitely improve on his leadership. He will do a fine job. Yeah, good to hear. So thank you for your tweets yeah, on Joby Mackenough. In the evening, performance analyst Nick Gearing announced he had left the club on social media. So Nick tweeted, I am sorry to say that I've left late in Orient FC. I want to wish the owners, support staff, my many friends at the club and all the best as well as the players and the fans, you deserve the promotion back to the EFL. I won't forget the hard times I was part of with the club, along with the thousands of you that stuck by the team and stuff during the times that we had our backs against the wall. I turned up to the club to do a job and have come away an Orient supporter. So thank you, Nick. Thanks for all your work at the club and wish you all the best for the future. Absolutely, my sentiments indeed. And uh, as you know, we love to give you insights into the goings on at the O's. And last season, when we interviewed Chief Scout Steve Foster, we had a great response. So we thought we'd invite him back to the podcast again to give us a bit more insight into his role and find out what he's been up to over the summer. So here he is, Orient Chief Scout Steve Foster. So welcome back to the podcast, Steve. Yeah, cheers, Steve. Thanks a lot. So it's great to have you back. So... I guess you've been on the podcast before, but for any new listeners or someone who didn't listen to the episode you was on, do you just want to give us a brief overview of your role with the club? Um, yeah, basically, we're doing, I've been looking at sort of a potential signings. Uh, we look, we came sort of right ahead, to be fair. Took six months to a year in advance, and sometimes further than that. So uh, for first team and under 18s. So in terms of strengthening the club, how many games a week would you say you, you go to to kind of watch new players coming through and to identify potential transfer targets? Um, during the season, it can be anything between three to six. Um, at the moment, pre-season, I've, I've done a few games over pre-season, but it's who you watched is it kind of word of mouth or is it the contacts in the game or, or how do you find those players it's a bit of everything really um, some of it is word of mouth um, obviously we've got a little bit of a team now with Shane O'Connor who's, who's our head of academy recruitment uh, Cole Newton up in the north and also Bailey Kurzlake so between the four of us we've all sort of go out and do games watch players and and then once I guess once I was, I was kind of leading on nicely someone else's question so once you've kind of thought this, this guy's good I want to sign this guy what's the next step so you get your other scouts to watch him and then does someone go to Martin or Justin and say look I like the, well, this Justin, guy Justin would like to go and watch him as well um, obviously David Kerr's like we'll go and watch, uh, watch him it would normally be me myself myself David Kerr's like and then Justin or Ross would have a look as well brilliant so you mentioned kind of you've been 
looking at games this summer and obviously over the summer the O's have been quite busy in the transfer market uh, we signed James Allaby we brought Dal Gorman to the club we've got Shadrach Ogie so first what kind of what, what, what will James Allaby bring to the club and what's kind of impressed you about James before we signed him first of all he's first and foremost he's a goal scorer um, it, I've known him since he was Stoke when he was an under 18 at Stoke and he played in the under 18s and 23s at Stoke uh, he then went get a few loan spells I think he played with Craig Clare at Grimsby uh, but I remember watching him again in the under 23s at Ipswich uh, a good friend of mine uh, who was the head of recruitment at Ipswich uh, gave really good references on him and I, and I remember him saying that he even played the Ipswich first team in a, in a league cup and scored a goal Okay. Uh, and, and I watched him a few times uh, a couple of seasons ago um, when he was at Chester and that's when he had that good season and one thing that really impressed me was he paced power and said he never gave up um, when it was one game, the last game of the season, Chester had nothing to play for. And they were five nil down. And uh, ten minutes to go down the five two because he was he was pressing the defenders and pressuring the goalkeeper. He actually got two goals in the last ten minutes, even though Chester were five nil down. Um, so that, that really sort that really stuck in my mind. Um, we, we were quite close to getting him uh, we was in, we we inquired about him last summer. Uh, but obviously he, the, the, the move to Tramley was quite far down the line and so um, we never actually met Messi uh, now and then uh, so uh, we were lucky this season um, it never quite you know, it never quite happened for him at Tramia, uh, but sometimes that does happen so you know but it doesn't mean to say he's a bad player um, absolutely I've seen him previously I've seen him previously to know that you know he can be, be an asset for him Absolutely, and he's still fairly young in football terms. I think he's only 23 years old. Uh, he's 23, yeah. He's 23. He's, he's, yeah, there's still bits to learn. Um, he's not the finished article as yet, but then again, you won't get a finished article a free fan. <laughs> so, uh, then he'll have to work hard as well. But, you know, he can score goals, and uh, he will score the goals, hopefully, that will supplement. I was just going to mention Maka actually when, when you watch another forward do you think about how he would play off for example when you're watching the forward do you think how he, he would link up with Bon who obviously is going to start the majority of games are you thinking about that thinking well he's good yes you do of course you do yeah um, and it's just like you know what sort of runs they make um, how they help how they help the ball how they link up how they link up players uh, so yeah, you would you would do that as well, uh, running off the ball, which Maka does really really well. Yeah. So yeah, so um, and how they and how they would capitalise that space in behind really. That's brilliant. I think we're all looking forward to seeing what James Allery can do this season. I think quite a big expectation. Like you said, he's a goal scorer. He's got a good record at National League. And moving on into Dal Gorman, who I guess most fans might know a bit less about. Um, Based, based on his career so far. So what, what attracted you or what, what, what are Dal Gorman's qualities that, that you've seen? He's very tenacious, loves to tackle, he's got a lot of energy, um, he'll be quick around the second ball and he's a decent part of the ball as well. Um, he's got a little bit of everything um, to his game to be fair and uh, he will add 
That's brilliant. That's fantastic to hear. And obviously, he's only 21, I think, Dow, but he's already got pretty much two seasons of League 2 football yeah, under his belt. He's played, he's played 70 League 2 games. Uh, he's a 29 and number 21 national. Yeah, he's been Stevenage, of course, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, um, but, um, yeah, he settled in really well. And in a player, who, I guess a player who's come to the club and kind of impressed in pre-season friendlies that we'll mention briefly is Shadrach Ogi, who you told me before I started recording is only 16 years old. He is indeed, yeah. He's um, Shad. Uh, he's a bit mad. Um, I've known him since he was 14 years old, actually. And he's one of those ones when he was um, 14. I started playing for Home Church in the EGA League. And he had something about him, but he was very, very raw back then. And I was, I was working for Norwich at the time. And like, South End took him in and uh, decided he wasn't good enough. I think Wolves took him in and they decided he wasn't good enough. And I just sort of played the waiting game really, just kept an eye on him. And uh, when he was an under 16, he just got better and better and better. And I took him into Norwich uh, at the end of that season. And he played against Aston Villa and did really well. And they um, was going to invite him for another game, and there was a lot of going to and fro and messing around. And uh, they ended up, as it goes, they ended up signing an Icelandic kid instead. And uh, so he was, you know, he never got anything. But um, I come to Warren, and uh, sort of early last season, uh, we watched him in the early stage of the FA Youth Cup for Home Church, and we just said, oh, I've got to get him in then. And um, he actually played against us in the FA Youth Cup. And then we said, like, now he's played against us, we'll get him in. And uh, he's been with us ever since. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a left foot, seven and a half, he's six foot two, he's 16 years old. He's only, you know, he's only going to get better with the training and the quality of coaching we have at the club. That's fantastic. That's fantastic to hear. And I can't let the moment pass without mentioning McCauley Bond. So, obviously, the last podcast we've done, or the last special we've done, Nigel Travis was on the podcast and saying your praises about finding McCauley. So, Again, before we sign McCauley, what, what, what were McCauley's main attributes that you thought is worth taking a punt on for Leighton Orient? Well, you go back five years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when he was in Colchester's under 18s. Okay. And, uh, under 18s, under 23. And funny enough, I, 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 I came into the club um, over the summer and I thought, you know, I could just clean up the spare room basically. I thought I'd fill the office up at the, at the ground. Instead. And I've got all these files, I've got these files, files and folders, team sheets and early reports and I went to work for Brentford. And there was one report and it's you pretty much know Macca now. And uh when he was only eighteen and um seventeen, eighteen and uh mentioned about his work rate, his ability and his uh, in the air, his pace, his move and uh and he got a goal. And uh yeah, I mean he's still a sad player. It's fantastic. And it's just a, it was just one of those ones, uh, when he was a coach, there was always ability, and you could always tell he had loads of ability, but he, he would have two games in, and then two games out, two games in, two games out, but he never had a proper run, and it's just one of those things, well, when you give him a proper run, you'll find it, I'm sure you'll find top, and obviously that's what's happened. Yeah, this is the fifth, last season, he's 22 now, but last season was the first season where he had a proper full season. Unreal, unreal. And a, and a right good run, and obviously, 
Yeah, absolutely. And if that's proved, speaking to you tonight, it proves that sometimes it, you know playing the waiting game as a football club or as a scout obviously pays dividends. Yeah, Marvin was very Marvin was very much the same. When I signed Marvin, uh, but he was then he came out of Oxford when he was eighteen, nineteen. He was playing for Chelmsford, and he was he was very very raw, really gangly, and not so comfortable in possession. In fact, they used to call him Marvin Hopper Sayer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just kept watching him. Again, I kept watching him because I was doing academy work for Norwich and doing a lot of non-league scans for Norwich and uh, he went to Concord Rangers and he had a short spell and he, he was improving and then he went to East Farrakh and he just came on and looked about him and so I'll just it was again it was just thinking he, he was the real McCoy and I saw him in the FA Youth Cup last oh, sorry the FA Cup sorry last year against Ebsite and he, he was marking Danny Kedwell Obviously, he was a you know, really experienced striker at yeah. the level. And then he won about the first two or three headers in about the first five minutes. And, uh, and uh, after that, Marvin just didn't give him a touch. Completely busted. him. And I thought that was, you know, that was good enough for me. And then we got him, we had him work a few more times. By myself and other scouts and Justin and David and, and Danny Webb watched him. And, uh, yeah, he was a... Uh, He's been fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic. Really impressive, and especially towards the back end of the season. I think he was kind of rushed in due yeah. to a few injuries, but I think he was exceptional, and I think he'll be kind of challenging for a first-team place uh, very early this season. So just to finish in, um, obviously you've been at the club now for a year, but pleased to say, I think it was confirmed about two weeks ago, that you've recently signed a new two-year deal. So what does kind of the next two years have in store for for you in terms of finding players and pro- progressing your career at the club? Uh, well, hopefully, uh, this season we spent looking for players who can play in League 2. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, the ultimate, that's the ultimate aim. Uh, we've, got, you know, we've got to get back in the football league. Um, and I think we've got the structure in place. I think we've got a very, very competitive squad now. We've got a very good manager, play coach and staff. Um, it was, everything is all set up, obviously, and you can't do it unless you get the results of the pitch. But I think, you know, I like to think we'll be competing most of the season at the top end. So uh, that, that, that's what we'll be doing. So that was Leighton Orient Chief Scout Steve Foster, and a massive thank you there to Steve uh, for agreeing to speak to us. Uh, I thought it was really insightful, some great detail there on Allaby. Same with Gorman, great to hear about Bond. Uh, and it just shows you kind of how important it is to have that level of contact in football. So thank you to Steve for coming on. Always a pleasure um, to speak to you. So thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Steve, indeed. So Saturday, the 28th of July, then South End were up at the Bray Group Stadium in our final and only home pre-season game. So we're going to go into this one in a bit more detail. So the team was announced at Dean Brown and Goal, a back four of Lynn Corson, Elikobi and Willowson, and in midfield, McEnough Lee, Lawless and Dayton, and with Bond and Allaby up top. Subs for this one were Sergeant, Judd, Happy, Ekpeteta, Ogie, Brophy, Clay, Mooney, and Satori. And Josh Kramer actually missed out as a precaution with that one with a slight groin issue, while Dale Gorman and Matt Harold are continuing their recoveries from respective injuries. Yeah, so my views on the squad strong 11, 
but really not sure about a diamond midfield um, for me. We have the best wingers in the National League uh, in Brophy and Dayton, in my opinion. So for me, surely it's got to be 4-4-2. I'm not too keen on the diamond and never really have been. Um, so I was quite surprised to see us go with the diamond. Yeah, I absolutely agree. We've, we've done 4-4-2 previously last season and it's worked overall. So I don't see why it should change it really, but obviously he was experimenting. So uh, yeah. Well, we won't have long to wait to find out to see what he really does. Yeah, so the match kicked off and then Southend took the lead in the 14th minute with an excellent strike from ex-Orient Academy player Jason Dimitriou who nicely didn't celebrate his strike obviously against his former club. Jason mm. still probably has good contacts at the club because obviously he played in the loft match last year where he ran me ragged uh, in midfield. <laughs> and good to see that he still got it and put Southend one them up. Yeah, it did indeed. And, uh, and the rest of the half was played of Dean Brill making a brilliant save from Tom Hopper in the 32nd minute. Uh, George Lecobie was unable to turn the ball in from a corner in the 36 minutes, 36 minutes, which meant as the halftime was so blue, Southend were one who up. Yep, so the attendance was announced at 1,542 with 269 away fans. I thought they might have bought a bit more than that. I thought that was quite a disappointing away attendance. I know it's only a friendly, but it's not far to travel. Um, but yeah, attendance there. So the second half kicked off. As Craig Clay and James Brophy came on for James Dayton and Charlie Lee, as he has reverted back to the standard 4-4-2. And early in the second half, James Allaby nicked the ball uh, before the Southland defender got brought down for his troubles and the referee pointed to the penalty spot and upstepped Mr. Bon, McCauley Bon, who stepped up to send the keeper the wrong way to make it one all. And we got a tweet uh, not shortly after from at Strongo. Uh, so hello, Martin, who said, anyone else knows this? It's the first penalty today that Bond's hit to the keeper's left while he's been with us, if my memory serves us correct. If that's true, Mark, uh, Martin, that's some hell of a memory you got. And Bond's mm. obviously mixing it up a bit more this season with his penalties. Yeah, absolutely indeed. And, uh, and South actually came back into the game looking to retake the lead as Stephen McLaughlin twice went close, shooting wide in the 53rd minute and then hitting the bar in the 56th minute. Yeah, and in the 63rd minute, South did retake the lead. Simon Cox lobbed the keeper hit the crossbar, ball came back to Tom Hopper who headed it in from close range to make it 2-1 to Southend as Avery took the lead for the second time in the match. And uh, in the 71st minute, Dave Moody comes on from Cordy Bond and nice to see Moons get a good ovation from the Southend fans and then Miles Judd came on for Joe Woodison in the 73rd minute. Yeah, and in the 77th minute, James Allenby scored his first goal at the Braybrook Stadium as he beats his defender and Cordy places the ball into the corner with a fantastic strike. So I've not actually seen this goal, but from what I've heard and a few tweets that came into us, very good strike there. Took it really well. And good to see James get on the score sheet in his first game at his new home. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with 10 minutes to go, Roll Rostori came on for the last 10 minutes in place of James Allaby. Yeah, and it was followed by Marvin Ekpateta and Danny Happ coming on in the 83rd minute to replace Josh Coulson and George Elikobi. And in the 90th minute, Shadrach Ogi came on for Sam Ling and the full-time was almost shortly after as the O's got to a very good tour draw at home to League One opposition in their final game of pre-season. Yes, and Justin had to say this after the game. He said it was a really good test and the toughest we have had this pre-season. There were periods when we knew we'd be without the ball, but I thought we were organised and limited a very good League One side to a few chances. Yep, so good there to hear from Justin. So my views on the game, I wasn't there, but it seems like we played well in the second half against decent opposition, and I really hope we start against Salford in a 4-4-2 and really go for them. Good test of character to equalise twice, and I'm happy for Allaby to score in his first game. Good to see Bon, obviously, on the score sheet as well. So those were my views. Any views on that? Uh, yeah, pretty much what you said. But obviously, yeah, it's uh, it's a great result against a uh, decent south inside, uh, especially, you know, it's just, a, it's just a friendly after all. 
Uh, it's obviously, we know it's just a, uh, a good excuse for a workout, really. But yeah, nice to see Alibi score a goal, a good goal, as we've, uh, as we've heard about. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, 4 um, I'm also happy we go for 4 4 um, And uh, I can't really excited to find out next week when it, what it's actually going to be. Yeah, so those were our views. We've got a few of your views. So at Orient underscore Ed. So not a bad performance there, but I still have concerns that both of the centre-backs wait for Brill to come and claim it while he just stands there. Ekpateta looks more and more like a first-teamer, future captain every time I see him play. He's a great player. He's indeed. And, uh, I phrase there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another tweet from at Lubert84. Few poor performances today. Uh, Brill's agility worries me a little. He looks a bit out of sorts today. Alibi looks like a threat, a great equaliser from today, and I can't wait to sort for next Saturday now. Yeah, Sporting Leaf says Alibi could make all the difference this season. It was a terrific performance, and Elikobi was just immense. Hashtag feeling positive. Oh, we do like a hashtag. And uh, and at CM Oriental, I said a great performance of pace and power up front, Stephen James, and that goal was quality. Impressive. I look forward to seeing tear up that league with Bon and Cromer this season. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Alex. I thank you for your tweets. We've got a lot more to come on the tweet basis a bit later on but Sunday the 20th, 29th of July which is today as we sit here recording this podcast the Orient ladies team were in action and played their first pre-season friendly beating AFC Phoenix 2-0 with goals from Pinja Pira and Lisa Fulgence so well done to the ladies who kick off their season on Sunday the 19th of August away to the Luton Town ladies and good to see two new names who I don't think have cropped up before mm. from the ladies get those goals so it's been a busy summer uh, for the team you're ladies and I'm sure we'll be speaking to them very shortly indeed and uh, and that's uh, pre-season rounded up and up to date and um, so as we go into the 2018-2019 season we wanted to get your views on how you think our club will fare in the National League will it be promotion will it be playoffs or just be table obscurity I hope not but for me with this squad it has to be a minimum of a playoff place I think this season we have the depth we have the coaching staff now we've got the players we've got the facilities we've got the sponsorship deals to be expected and I think a top seven finish although top three would be better due to the crazy playoff system I think in the National League I think we was all a bit scared in the season losing Bon we've kept Bon we've got rid of a few players who, who I think people wanted rid of our new arrivals look to be strong additions uh, and our big injuries from last season like your Daytons and your Lees and your Kobe's and your Coulson's are now behind us so going into the season I'm pretty optimistic I think Salford will be up there I think Chesterfield will be up there. I think there's lots of other clubs milling around like Barnet, Ebbsfleet, Fylde, Sutton, Wrexham, not to mention Bournemouth, Bromley. You mentioned before we started recording Hartlepool. Mm. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult season. There's lots of teams that always take people by surprise. Like AFC Fylde last season uh, being a case of a team who came up and done really well. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting season. But for me, I think we're looking at top seven finish at least. That has to be the aim this season. Agree? Disagree? I totally agree. Actually, um, yeah, I I think like yourself, um, probably like most of the fans are listening. It's we've got to be in that in that top seven uh, as an absolute minimum. And I think even the management already says similar things already. Um, the now that the squad are used to playing with each other, and yeah, we've got a bit more experience of this league. Um, if we can keep relatively injury free and Bonk is scoring, and we can help him out with scoring and get a bit more creativity in that central midfield that people are starting to keep bringing up all the time I think we'll definitely be up there I don't see why any reason why we shouldn't and as you said I get the point there are there are lots of other teams that are going to be milling about up there this league is going to be stronger this season and I'm not just talking about because Barnett and Chesterfield are in I mean 
Other teams are strengthening a lot more. Gateshead have brought in a lot of players. Hartlepool made some really good signs as well. They'll be up there. Sutton will be up there again. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be the toughest time. Yeah, yeah. So we wait with bated breath. But, you know, hopefully we do stay injury free. Like you've said, last season we were massively impacted by Lee, Ella Kobe and Coulson all at the same time. That's when our form really dipped. Um, and obviously Dayton, who was our top assist uh, maker, mm. was out since January. So, you know, hopefully luck will be on our side and yeah. Bond scores, Alibi scores. We get a lot of goals from midfield. Kramer's had a fantastic pre-season. So hopefully he will shine this season. So those were our views, lots of your views. So thank you very much for tweeting us at Orient Outlook with your opinions at Brownie1956s. On the strength of the Sun, the South End performance, the playoffs is certainly uh, will be possible if we can maintain that form. I still think that Salford will have bought first place and automatic promotion, but Orient could push them if the squad stays together with no major injuries and luck will be an important factor. Good point, Brownie. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's hard to disagree with that. And uh, and uh, the next one's at Les LK52. If you offer me second or third now, I'd bite your hand off. Well, let us finish first, Les, and you can have my hand. <laughs> at Daz Hodge. It's a sore for the favourites for promotion, but they lost 4-0 to Fleetwood, also League 1, a few weeks ago. We're going to be right up there fighting for a top spot, I think. Daz Hodge. I hope you're right. Salford, mm. we will come on to very shortly because obviously they're our next fixture. So we've got a bit more about Salford a bit later on in the podcast. Yeah, we will indeed. And uh, at Gorillas1985 said, playoffs, if we can sort our centre midfield out and Alibi chips in release 15 goals and we keep the key players injury free, we could get auto of promotion. Hashtag roll on next Saturday. Yeah, Len and Force says, I see no reason why we can't be challenging for the title. Of course, anything can happen, but we have a manager who knows the league a team that is used to the league and importantly a good team spirit no doubt this team can do it absolutely and uh, at Orient Fan TV said playoffs is the is the minimum if Bond and Alibi partnership works well then maybe win the league yeah I think we're all kind of pinning our hopes hopefully that Alibi and Bond strike yeah. a decent relationship early and both stay relatively injury free at South and Bob says top seven I think not making the playoffs will be a season of underachievement I, I agree with that, Southend Bob, actually. Um, uh, Kevin Callum uh, then says, well, we have structure, shape, great togetherness, and have a decent pre-season. It's true. Uh, think we should make the playoffs, possibly even win it. Yeah. Don't see the panic somehow about Salford spending. It guarantees nothing, and I'll need time to adjust. Good point there. And roll on Saturday. Yeah, big ads, LOFC. Says, I think we have a head start having a settled squad. I think we need to be patient and play our game, and we should be challenging for automatic I still think we need a bigger ball-winning central midfielder, but encouraged by the South End result. A lot of kind of views coming in about central midfield maybe being possibly a bit weak, and we'll come on to that a bit later, I guess, with the squad. But there are some big, experienced players there. You've obviously got your Lee, Lawless, Clay, Gorman, who's currently injured, McEnough, who I think will end up playing there. So there's a few, there's a few in there who obviously can do a job. Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, uh, David Barrett six goes on to say, "Well, I feel the best we can hope for is the playoffs. Same wing as the central midfield will persist unless Gorman gets fit soon. Brewer looks suspect against South End." Yeah, uh, Lawton Gamps is very excited for next Saturday and the season in general. Even if we are maybe a player short in centre mid, pre-season has been promising. We have an excellent manager, some cracking players, and awesome owners. Famous last words, but we could win it. If we do ourselves justice, fingers oh. crossed. I did like that tweet. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was a good one there. And uh, at Ron Samson fifteen said between the tenth and fourteenth, between tenth and fourteenth, we are lacking in midfield. Gorman is still no anywhere to play. We'll be like we were pre Adams last season. I'm a bit worried to be honest. Oh, at Jack Coates fourteen says I see us getting the playoffs realistically as the performance against Southampton was decent. 
couple of poor individual performances against Southend, but the defence was solid. I'm a bit worried about Brill this season as he doesn't look quick enough on his line to move across. But Alibi looks like a real threat. It's interesting getting quite a few um, tweets about Brill mm. maybe not being ready, which is a bit surprised. And hopefully Dino is ready for the season. Uh, and will come good yeah I'm sure he will and uh, and Orient Electric then says well a bit concerned about our midfield and the fact that Gorman hasn't had any minutes pre-season however players should be a minimum requirement yeah Lyndon Orient says I think with the squad we have Justin Edinburgh turning Orient season around last season I'm sure we have to push for promotion I like other O's fans would be disappointed if we missed out on the top seven. Mm, absolutely indeed. And uh, at London, Gary W said, a heartbreaking second place, but promotion via the playoffs, maybe. Yep. Reedy, QB9 says, no reason we shouldn't finish in the top three, really. Q a 12th place finish. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Gary Talbot7 uh, said, certainly we'll do better than last season. I can see a genuine title push, but we must dominate at home. Two new poor sides left with three points last season. Yeah, Great that's a very point. good point. Yeah. Great point there, Gary. I remember Halifax coming and taking three points. I remember. Yeah, they're awful. You know, Torquay coming and nicking three points. <laughs> Just so many teams would get that goal, sit behind the ball, wait for us to challenge. And, you know, a really good point. Yeah, Tom P. 1984 said have to make Brisbane Rose the fortress well we're not playing a better service than that too often over the season need to make that our advantage and again very similar to the last point but the grass looks much better this season obviously it's had the love and it's had the work done in the summer so it won't cut up uh, this season hopefully like it did as last season so yeah, that's great point there yeah yeah, and uh, at Adult Swim 1 said, for all those worried about being ready for the Salford game or the start of the season, just remember it took Tranmere a long while to get going last season and they went via the playoffs. I think we'll finish the top four, a gamble from there. Yeah, I heart Rushmore says, I think the lower half of the playoffs should be our aim. Pushing for automatic would be a bonus. We've got a settled squad and it seems to show in the chances, goals and pre-season. The pitch will help our home form and I hope we cope better with the physical sides this year. Yeah, good point. And uh, at Matty LOFC Evans said, my heart says runaway winners. My mind says just about there in the playoff mix. Plenty of teams on a par on my par equal to us. We need to hit the ground running and put other teams on notice. Or we have to fight for a playoff spot come season end. At boats, it's a striker score in the preseason should breathe confidence into the team. I still feel we need one or two more additions, but I have faith in Justin to secure us a top seven finish. Yeah, and uh, Steve White, LFC, uh, need a more attacking midfield. Uh, to answer you, uh, uh, defensively and offensively, as good as anyone in this league. But we don't get enough goals from midfield. This will cost us. Yeah, good point about goals from midfield. I'm mm. sure it's something Justin's obviously looked at and is trying to work on with Ross uh, and the coaching team. Uh, Orient Boy says optimism abounds because it's a new season, but the squad is relatively unchanged. So in my opinion, it's a bit like England in the World Cup. Expect nothing, can be happily surprised as we progress. We should keep clear relegation, relax, and enjoy the season. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and a kid, Samson O, said playoffs are a realistic aim, but by no means a certainty. I fear that our areas of weakness from last season haven't been sufficiently improved. Think will be good down the flanks, though. A lot hinges on how successful the Alibi signing or gamble, as he puts it, turns out to be. Yeah, at Myland O, 1950, says I have no idea where we will finish, and neither does anybody else. Who would have expected Macclesfield to run away with it last season? Mm. What I do know, though, is that we are well equipped to make a challenge, and I am looking forward to it. Good as are we, and uh, and Amersham O said need to keep in touch with the player places. Another tough season ahead, as we're probably the biggest club in the league. Everyone will be out to beat us. Yeah, I agree with that. Same as last season, teams come to Brisbane Road. It's a day out. Yeah, they're all taking photos and selfies, and it's all their biggest match of the season. So 
Hopefully we get over that this season. Trousers Techno, it's a subtle club and squad, experienced manager, great attitude amongst all. We have a very positive momentum. How well we do can depend on many other variables, but we will at least reach the playoffs. If we can augment the goals from Cordy Bond, then we can be champions. Oh, let's hope so, Steve. And fan at Magna Spagna said, Dare to dream, chaps. Promotion and a belated celebration. Oh, we hope so. We hope so. Lynn Wells 81 says, With one of the world's pessimists, I am constantly astonished by my faith in Orient. So with no injuries and a prevailing wind, I'll say promotion, which leads us on nicely to the final word in this podcast. Uh, yeah, that's uh, from uh, Orient Dave. Um, outright winners are tall order, but no reason why we can't feel confident of a top seven finish, common you owes. Yep, so thank you to everyone who tweeted us. There were lots of tweets to read. All tweets that came into at Orient Alex. So thanks again for all the tweets we received yeah. over the course of pre-season. So it's not only views we do on Twitter, we also do a few polls to get your views. And we've done three uh, over yesterday into today. So firstly, we asked if you thought that we, or Leighton Orient, would be promoted out of the National League next season. And after 175 votes, you said... Uh, 64% of you think that Leighton Orient will get promoted out of the National League and 36% of you don't so clear majority there think promotion is going to happen this season fingers crossed yeah we're crossing right now actually and um, and secondly uh, we asked you what you thought Leighton Orient finished in the National League in the 2018-19 season and after 323 votes you reckon uh, one percent of you in the bottom thirteen. Yep, standard. Yep, thirteen percent in the top thirteen. Seventy-three uh, percent in the playoff place, and thirteen percent as champions. Yeah, so a huge majority there think we will finish in the playoff place. Almost three quarters of you there, as uh, do I. I think we'll finish in the playoff yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Would be lovely. We can only hope. And then lastly, we ask you who you thought would be the O top goal scorer in the National League in the 2018-19 season. We have 326 votes on this one. So again, thanks for all your votes. Some really good numbers coming on in a short space of time to vote for their winners. And the results were as follows. 3% for Moody. Moody. More lobs, please, Dave. 3%. 9%, I thought this was a bit low actually, I thought this might have been a bit higher, saying James Allaby. Yeah, I think it's because not everyone's completely sure what he's like completely, no one's really seen him much yet. Yeah, could be. Uh, but I think people will be changing their minds hopefully in the weeks to come. Yeah, 13% said Josh Caroma. Um, so again, I thought Josh might pick that more, but the overall winner by a country mile, probably yeah. a massive reason why the others are also understated based on last season. 75% view are saying McCauley Bob will finish top goal scorer for the O's in the league in this coming season so thanks for all your votes and we'll be doing a lot more Twitter polls throughout the season so we're just over the hour mark so let's start rounding this up as always we bring you positives and negatives uh, so let's start with the positives for pre-season so first yeah, break I'll see that the first positive as well we've scored 24 goals in pre-season and that is compromised of uh, McEnough getting one Lee got one Brophy's got two Mooney's got two both chips by the way Mooney he doesn't score yeah. tappings does he no no he does his chips and uh, as we all do and Alibi got five Bond got six and Kramer got seven. Yeah. So. Great scoring record there. To get 24 goals in pre-season is really good. And it, I think it gives Justin a bit of a headache going into the Salford game. It will come on to very shortly about who he actually starts. Because between the front, well, the, the first three highest goal scoring options, he's got 18 goals worth. And probably only two starting places. So it would be interesting to see 
who he goes with. So that was the first positive of pre-season? Yeah, and the uh, second one was, well, we've got no long-term injuries going into the start of season, so that's a blessing in disguise, so, which is absolutely great. Yeah, obviously you've got Dow and you've got Matt, who are both injured, but they're both expected back very shortly, so we've got no one out till like December or Christmas and until March, so really good to see, and hopefully we can hit the ground running off the back of that. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and lastly, uh, the morale seems high, and the mood of the club is filled with optimism. So uh, that's a massive positive for all concerned, really. Yeah, you see, kind of the interviews with Justin and Ross on the club's website. You see, the season ticket sales are massive, uh, and again, everyone is just really excited, real happy for the season to start. And hopefully, this is our season. Although we have said that before on the podcast numerous times. So negatives to pre-season. So first of all, I don't think Justin knows his best eleven yet, and I think he's still thinking about it based on. I know it was only a friendly, but playing the diamond yesterday, maybe I'm overthinking it. But with all the squad he has at his hands, I think he might not know his best eleven. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he knows his back four. I think he knows he's going to be in goal. I think for him, it's a case of who do I put in the centre and mid, and who's going to be the yeah. uh, who's going to be the first choice partnership. I agree with you. I think he knows his keeper. I think he knows his back four. I yeah. think he knows his front two. I think he knows two out of the midfield probably. I think Mac enough, but again we'll come on to it. I think he knows Mac enough, and I think he probably knows Brophy. Would be my guess. Yeah. But, but we will see. And then the second negative: Do we have double-digit goal-scoring central midfielders? So a few people alluded to it in the tweets. But every promotion team, or most promotion teams, or successful teams, has a central midfielder who will get in there and get you a double-digit scoring season and get you a few assists. Looking at central midfielders at the club, do we have that type of player? I don't know. Hopefully we do. Based on last season, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think I think the answer is obviously it's. And judging by what the fans are now saying, is the answer is well, no, we don't. But just because we don't looking at it right now doesn't say that someone is going to start scoring Absolutely. goals. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't you don't need your central midfielders to score many if your wingers are also contributing as well. So if Brophy, because Brophy had a pretty decent scoring record last yeah. year, if Dayton. I uh, can copy in again a lot depends on where Mackinoff ends up playing because Mackinoff as we all know has got a great eye for goal so let's see how we got on in so those were the positives and negatives of pre-season so the heroes of pre-season they're 3,700 it's funny of them so it's all the season ticket holders everyone who renewed so well done to all the season ticket holders and also everyone at the club is our hero of pre-season as well and a special mention must go out to Colin James yeah. and the ground stuff that pitch looked fantastic yesterday and even with those pesky foxes <laughs> yeah. coming and digging up our ground it still looks amazing so well done to all our heroes of pre-season yeah absolutely a big massive well done absolutely and um, well we've got next week's fixtures so um, as we know the National League season kicks off next Saturday uh, you should know by now and we start like we did last year on the way trip it's going to be live on BT Sport so we can't get there hopefully you can get there but remember it's going to be BT Sport it kicks off at half past 12 as we make the trip to Salford promotion favourites um, as also they got they just got promoted to the National League themselves um, they've also made some high profile signings I'm sure you'll probably know but I know to give them a real chance of going out this season yeah it's going to be a real tough game there and like we've alluded to Justin might not know he's starting 11 yet I spoke to Paul a bit earlier, I had a bit of a uh, text correspondence and we think the team will be, obviously, Bruin goal. Uh, we've alluded to it already, but the back four probably writes itself for Sam Link. I think it's been amazing since he's come back to the club. Yeah. Coulson, Elikobi and Willowson. And for us, we would expect the 4-4-2 of Dayton uh, on the right central period of McEnough and Lee with Brophy on the left and the front two with Bon uh, and Allaby. But it does mean 
you know, there's certain players on the bench who you would think will be pressing for a start, i.e. Karoma, yeah. who is can't really do any more than score seven goals in pre-season. No, he can't. Craig Clay, Alex Lawless, Ek Pateta, Mooney. Um, so it's really interesting to see, and that's without mentioning Sergeant, Granger, Judd, Happy, Ogie, Sotoriu, all those players kind of on the fringes as well, uh, with Gorman and Held still to come back from their respective injuries. So you can see there, we've got a real kind of good squad. It's almost kind of that two for every position that Justin has been talking about. There's real depth there. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see the team uh, that lines up for us next Saturday as we take on Salford live. So let us know what you think about the starting lineup. Give yeah. us a tweet at Orient Outlook. Get in contact uh, through Facebook or give us an email at orientoutlook.com and let us know what you think. And we also ran a Twitter poll uh, asking you what you thought the outcome of the match would be. Uh, and we had 231 votes uh, and 49% um, think that Orient will win the game Wow, which is great yeah, yeah. really good and 34% thought the game would be a draw with only 17% thinking we'll lose the game so very optimistic over this match for me I'd be happy with a point in front of the BT cameras first game of the season against a promotion favourite or the outright championship favourites and we all know what happened last year in front of the TV cameras away to Sutton I would say good point. I think this may end up going one all. Yeah, we we were talking about before the before the podcast we were about this game and we we both thought it's gonna be a draw. Uh which I'd take it. I think that's a good result. Um yeah, look, obviously we want to win. Everyone wants to win, no denying that. But as it's the first game of the season, it's their first game of the new league, they're gonna be up for it. Uh, big atmosphere. If we can take a minimum point then I think that'd be a good result enough. Yeah, for me. I mean they've bought Adam Rooney in, I think, for big money of Aberdeen, they've bought in a winger from Peterborough, I think they've got a few in um from Fleetwood, they've got one in from Bristol Rovers, so they've made good additions, but you know, we've got good players who hopefully will give them a game. So we will see what happens and obviously it'll be all their first they've had a lot more signings come in, so hopefully they'll be a lot more disjointed than our team, whereas our team should hopefully be fairly stable based on the fact that Alibi probably will be the only new signing who makes this start, because all the other players will hopefully know each other. So we will see next Saturday at Salford. If you go and have a safe journey, yeah. put on your glad rags and we'll be looking out for you on the television. I'll be watching for you, don't worry. Absolutely. So Prediction League updating. So the Orient Outlook Prediction League will be returning for the upcoming season. So all you have to do is enter to tweet us your predicted score on the match day prior to kickoff. And that's it. And if you predict the correct score, you get three points. And if you can predict any scorers, you get bonus points. We always send out a tweet roughly at midday on a Saturday to kind of prompt the predictions. So get involved. Give us a tweet at Point Outlook. Get your predictions in and see if you can win the Prediction League 2018-19. Yeah, and um, also Fantasy Football League. The Orient Outlook podcast Fantasy Football League will also be returning for the upcoming season on FantasyPremierLeague.com. All you have to do is to enter is to use the following code, which I'll read out again. 1106662248964. That's 1106662248964. And you'll be automatically entered into our fantasy league. Um, by the way, if you were in the league last year, you don't have to do anything as you're automatically going to be re-entered into the league again. Yeah, so we look forward to welcoming lots of new players. We had about 161 players mm. last season, so... Come and have some fun with us yeah. on FantasyPremierLeague.com. So that is it. Thank you for joining us for episode 145. It's been a busy July at the club with a trip to Portugal, numerous pre-season friendlies, 24 goals, lots of playing time for the squad, which sees us now approach the upcoming season with a sense of optimism 
and belief. And on the pitch, the squad looks strong, with Justin having two players for every position that he's craved since his arrival. The coaching staff have all had their contracts extended, which will only be a good thing for the club. And looking in from the outside, the morale amongst the squad and the fan base appears to be very good. And not to mention the addition with little feel, feel, feel into the Orient Outlook podcast family. So hopefully we'll be back with episode 146, hopefully next Sunday evening with all the views and information that you could ever need. Yeah, and also if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have an older relative or loved one who you would think would like the podcast, Grab their phone, grab it now and download it for them. Absolutely. Also on Amazon Alexa. So if anyone's got an Alexa and you've got an old relative who has one, just shout at it. Play your Outlook podcast and that beautiful tone will come on at the back of the speaker and play the podcast for them. So also the mugs are still here. There's not as many left now as what there were. So it's only a limited run. We've got about 15 left now. So if you want yourself a mug, get your order in. It's only £7 for one. It's £12 for two. We can deliver them to you on a match day or we can get them posted to you for a £3 charge. So if you'd like one, give us a tweet, give us an email or an outlook at outlook.com or get in contact with us and help us out. We haven't got many left and as I said, once they are gone, they are gone. And that is it. So a massive thank you for listening. We hope you're all pumped about the upcoming season. We know we are a massive thanks again to Steve Foster for coming on to the podcast. Mm. We hope you enjoyed that one. I thought that was really insightful. Yeah. Graham, thank you for guesting in place of the bearded legend. So, you're yeah, welcome. Mr. Levy is now a dad, or the bearded legend, Mr. Levy, is now <laughs> a dad. So, we could be seeing more Graham throughout the season. If you fancy a crack on the podcast, get in touch with us. And if you fancy a guest as a co host, come along and you can more than welcome to give it a try. But, Gray, you've been outstanding. Love you, man. We're doing you a handshake now. It's been brilliant. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Up the O's.